Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Today we are gonna we are done with the walk through the Psalms. Today we are gonna be going <clears throat> through prophecies of Jesus, and we're starting today. We'll spend the day in Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah. So if you want to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 9 with me, if you're in the Red Bibles, that's 588. 588, we're going to read up until verse 8. Read, up, read through verse 7, stop at verse 8. So when we're there, say Amen. Five eighty-eight, Isaiah nine, starting in verse one. All right, are we there? Yes. Starting in verse one. Nevertheless, there shall be no more gloom for her, or for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he contemptuously treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the latter time, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined you have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They, they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest and as men rejoice. When they divide the spoil, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the bar of, of his shoulder, the rod of, the, of his oppressor as the day of, the, of Midian's defeat. For all the sandals... Of the, of the tramping warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and other and over his kingdom to order and it, and it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this now this is a common Christmas scripture a common Christmas um, passage that we read but nevertheless, it's a good one. Starting in verse 2, he says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. We can identify with that, 
Can we not, if we're Christians today, can we not identify with the idea that when we walked in sin, we walked in darkness? We walked in darkness, but yet when Jesus came in, he has given us a great light. We have seen a great light, and that light is not the train at the end of the tunnel. Trust me. We have seen a great light. That light is Jesus Christ. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. When we walk in sin, we walk in death. When we walk in sin, we walk in that. We walk in death. We don't walk in the shadow of death, but we walk in death. But yet the light, Jesus Christ, has shined upon us. That even though we walk in that death, it becomes a shadow of death because his light shines upon us. Just like in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because his light shines upon us. You have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before you. All these things are capitalized because they're talking about, Isaiah is talking about God, or in, or in this instance, Jesus Christ or the Messiah. You have multiplied the nation and increased their joy. Have we been joyful since we gave our life to Jesus Christ? If you have, you better should tell your faces. But understand that we are to be joyful, smile, you know, one of these. Do you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? Did you know that? So when we frown, we, we, we get these little things, you know, these little wrinkles here and here and wrinkles here. Makes you look old when you frown and you're not happy. Smile. Smile wrinkles are better than frown wrinkles. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we should have a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Does that mean we always have to be happy? No. But it means we know where to go with our, with our dis, discomfort, our, 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 our doubt, our fear. We go to Jesus Christ. He has multiplied the nation and increased the joy. He has increased our joy, or should have. Increased our joy. As Christians, we should be joyful. Might be going through something, some form of loss, but yet we have joy that we know a Savior and we know a, a man who can take away all our fear. We know a man who can take away all of our, all of our anguish. There was an old song by, I don't remember if it was, if it was, if, if it was the cathedrals, sang a song called, I Know a Man Who Can. It was a song about Jesus, and it talked about all of the things that we go through and how we feel these things, but they can be taken away because I know a man who can, and it's Jesus Christ. He can take those things away. You have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. So our joy should be full. 
when you went up when they won a battle and they and they and they took the spoils that was not something they were you know go around kicking the can and say, oh woe is me I won a battle they were joyful they took the spoil they were celebratory in victory we have won a victory through Jesus Christ God won Jesus won it through for us victory over sin and death and we need to rejoice in that victory that means that when we go to heaven, when we die, we're not going to just be in purgatory, as some would teach, waiting for God to call us in or send us to hell. We are going to be, be right with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when we die, we're, we're, when we're absent from the body, we're in the presence of the Lord. That means we're going to be with Him. We should be rejoicing over that victory over sin and death. And we should try our best, best to follow that as well. Try not to sin. I know that's hard to say. We do every day. I'm one of them. But we should try our best to live as Jesus Christ would want us to live. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the bar of his, of his shoulder. The rod of the oppressor as in the day of Midian's defeat. When we have sin in our life, doesn't it weigh us down? You think about an ox, you know, they are got that thing on their neck and they're like this, you know, and they're pulling and they're pulling and they're pulling. And it's heavy, but it keeps them in check when the ox have those things on their neck and their shoulder blades it keeps them in check and sin does that to us it weighs us down and keeps us from doing what God would want us to do and Jesus Christ breaks that yoke he breaks that yoke to give us freedom to go his direction when an ox has a yoke on it can only go in the direction of the driver the one leading it. And the enemy is the one leading us when we are not believers in Jesus Christ. The enemy is the one that is leading us along the way and we have no control over it. But yet Jesus Christ came and broke that yoke, giving us the opportunity to have control or give control to him. And we are now led by him, which by should give us joy which should give us peace, which should make us rejoice in God. He has multiplied the nation, increased their joy. He's taken their yoke. That's why their joy has increased, because he has taken their yoke and broken it. He says it's a yoke of his burden and the bar of his shoulder the rod of his oppressor. You know when they would, ox would pull things, they'd have to smack them to get them to go faster. Smack them with a rod to get them to go faster. You do that with horses too. Sit on them, you got spurs, you kick them in the side and they get going. So those things Jesus has broken in us. He has broken that rod of, of, of our oppressor 
There's no more rod. There is a rod if you look at Psalm 23. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a difference there. This rod is the rod of the oppressor, the one smacking us into line. But the rod that is spoken of in Psalm 23 is the rod of protection against those things that would cause us to cause us harm. The rod in Psalm 23 was also used for, for protection against things and also used to grab sheep when they were out of, hand, arms, out of arm's reach, the staff and the, and, the, and, the, and the shepherd's crook. He goes on and he says, For the sandals, for all the sandals of the trampling warriors, and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. Kind of goes along with that scripture that says that all the, the, the swords and things will be turned into pruning hooks and, and things like this. It's not going to be war anymore. It's going to be victory over the war. And those things that were, were used against us will be used for fuel for the fire. That means we're going to use the pain. We're going to learn from the things that we've experienced. And we're going to know when to go forth in God. That's what we should be doing. Those things that you experience in your life. Those things that you experience, good and bad, should be used as a learning tool for your life from then out. We should understand that. God never wastes anything. God never wastes the experiences and uses them as things that we should learn from. He says, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His government is what we should be following. Who's the son? Who's the child? Jesus Christ. He is the one who has done all the things in verse 2 down to this point. He is the one who has multiplied the nation and increased their joy. He is the one who has broken the yoke and the burden. He is the one who has caused us to take the sandals of trampling warriors and the garments rolled in blood and use them for fuel. He is the one. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Understand, these are things that we need. We need a wonderful counselor. We need a wonderful counselor in our lives. Some of us say, well, I have a therapist. Yeah, well, you do. You might. But Jesus Christ is our wonderful counselor. He is the one who knows the answers. He's the one who knows what's on tomorrow. Therefore, he can give us direction as to where to go today. And we are to go to him with all these things. He is a mighty God. 
He is mightier than we could ever imagine. The things that we think are so bad for us. Have you ever had those situations where you think, well, this is, this is too far. I don't know if God can handle this. I've been there. I've been there when you have a loss of a loved one that was very important or loss of a child. Your mind goes to those places. But you have to understand, and I had to understand, that God is mightier than that. God is mightier than that. He's a mighty God. He is mightier than our situations. He's mightier than our fears. He's mightier than our, our bitterness and our anger. He's mightier than all of that. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. When we die and we're believers in Jesus Christ and we follow him, we will be with our everlasting Father. Everlasting. Eternal. The Bible says if we believe in Jesus Christ, we will be given everlasting life. Everlasting life. Therefore, we'll be with our everlasting Father. We'll give, be given eternal life so we can be with our eternal Father. He is there for us for eternity, past and present and future. He goes on and he says that he is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Do we need peace in our life? I want you to think about it, and I want you to, you don't have to raise your hand, but, it, but think about what you're going through today. You're, everyone's going through something, right? Everyone's got something they're going through. Some might think, well, this is minuscule to me, but it might be, it might be tragic to someone else. But understand, he is the prince of peace in those situations. He is the prince of peace that he can give to you and he can give to me. And what do we do with those things? Here we talked about how he is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He's our eternal father and he's our prince of peace. We understand that. We know that. We read that. But do we accept that? And if we accept that, what do we do with it from that point on? Well, what we need to do is we need to go forth and we need to proclaim that. We need to act like we believe it. We need to act like we believe. You know, when I was in college, one of the things that they taught us was that if we were going to sell something, we needed to experience the product for ourselves. So we can give an honest testimony or an honest review of the product. And I'll tell you what, nobody would sell something they didn't like. We belonged to this group one time. I don't remember if it was Advocare or whatever it was. We didn't last long because it was, it was a scheme. But anyway, um, they encouraged us to sample the product so we could have a good 
understanding of what it was like, what it tastes like, what it did for us, and all those things, so we could give an honest review and an honest thing. And if we liked it, we should sell it. And if we had a good review, we should sell it. Nobody sells anything they don't like. Nobody's willing to say, I hated this, but it might be good for you. This was nasty, but you might like it. We have to be with Jesus. We have to walk with him in order to share the benefits and share the blessings of being a Christian. We have to experience it ourselves in order to have an effective strategy of evangelism. If someone's a Christian and they're grumpy all the time, if someone's a Christian and they are bitter or they're angry, and this is not just something like a one-day thing, this is a chronic situation where they're always complaining, always angry, always bitter, oh, but I'm a Christian. You think anybody would want to be a Christian if that's how we projected the Christian faith? We must experience Christ and when we do we experience Jesus in such a way that we can't help but have joy and peace and when someone is going through something that's similar to what we've going through ourselves we can then say I have a, 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 a relationship with Jesus and I've gone through something similar and he has walked me through this he has seen me through and he is a wonderful, wonderful Savior. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, and a Prince of Peace in times of trouble. That's what we need to be doing. Jesus Christ needs us to be evangelists for him. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. If we follow Jesus Christ, we should have a peace about us now that will go forth until the day we meet Jesus Christ on the other side and then forever have peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be, and peace, there shall be no end. Do we have peace now? Do we have joy now? Because the Bible says it. He gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory and a peace that passes all understanding. Do we have those things working in our lives? If we do not, then we have to examine ourselves and ask God to show us where we need to repent because it does take repentance for that to take place. Peace will never end. The peace of God, the peace of Christ, from now until eternity will be ours, according to this. Where's our peace at today? Do we have wonderful peace? There's a song. Beautiful, wonderful peace. I think something like that anyway. 
peace is wonderful. In today's day and age, we need peace. We need peace in today's day and age. With everything going on in our country and in our society, peace is what we need. We need a whole lot more than that. We need Jesus Christ as a nation. But we need peace. We need peace. <clears throat> Upon the throne of David, it says, uh, of the increase of government, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with justice and righteousness from now and forever. So he's not going to establish it on things temporal. He's not going to establish it on, on feelings. He's going to establish it on justice and righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is something very important to understand. We must understand that righteousness <clears throat> is something that God <clears throat> has called us to be. Holy and righteous. The Bible says that God says, for I am holy, therefore you be holy. We are called to be holy. We are called to be righteous. What is the difference between holiness and righteousness? Not a whole lot. Pretty much the same thing. But righteousness and holiness means that we follow God. We look at this Bible and we read it and we read it and we do the precepts of it and we follow the commands of Jesus Christ and we look at those things and that is what holiness and righteousness is and those are the things that he's going to build his government on. He is going to build his government on the holiness and righteousness of his own word. These are the things that we're going to be expected as Christians and desire as Christians to follow. It says that of, his, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom in order to order and establish it with justice and righteousness from now until forever. So this is not going to be something that's going to be temporary. Just until we die. No, this is forever. We follow Jesus Christ. We walk with him. We have peace here on earth. We have joy here on earth. We have all these things. We, we follow him. We have righteousness. We have justice and those things are going to follow until the end of time, until the day we meet him. And then it will increase for eternity. And then Isaiah says the very last verse of this section, the very, very, last, verse, very last section of this verse, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Not me. But it's the zeal 
Christ gives me that compels me to follow, that compels me to live righteously, that compels me to live justly, that compels me to live holy. These are the things that cause me to do that, the zeal of the Lord. We already know that the Lord of hosts is going to give us and has, he has created heaven. <clears throat> and we know if we've read the back of the book that it's a beautiful, beautiful place. We already, know it's a, we already know it exists and he has done this. But it is the zeal of the Lord that will cause us to be there. It is the zeal of the Lord that will cause us to desire to be there with him. That's it. Do we have a zeal for God? Do we have a zeal? Or, or you know, uh, 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 we, used to, we used to call, you know, they were, they were on fire for God. Do we, do we have that? Are we on fire for God? Sounds kind of graphic, but in, in a sense that means, are we excited about what God is doing in our life? Are we excited about it? The zeal of the Lord causes us to live justly, righteously, and holy. Not today's society. If we're looking at today's society as a barometer of holiness, then we are way off. If we're looking at today's society as a barometer of, of peace and joy, we're way off. You ever watch the news? Is there any good things in the news? You ever look at social media? Is there hardly any good things on social media? It's not our society that's going to give us a, a zeal to live righteous, justice, and holy. It is the zeal of the Lord of hosts. The zeal of the Lord gives us these things. So where do we get our zeal from? Where do we get it from? Do we get it from social media, television stations? Do we get it from our friends down at the bar? Do we get it from gossip, bitterness, and anger? No, we don't. We get it from the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts gives us the zeal. And in that zeal, we live justly, we live righteously, and we live peacefully amongst men. And if we follow that and we walk in that, he will indeed be our wonderful counselor and our mighty God and our eternal Father and our Prince of Peace. He indeed will be those things. He indeed will be those things. And being those things for us, we can extend that out to others and we can give them access to God through prayer and access to God through our words to them. And, they, and God can be also their wonderful counselor, their mighty God, their eternal Father, and their Prince of Peace in the times of need that they have as well. He has excited us he has multiplied and increased our joy. He has taken the burden of sin off of us. He has allowed us 
to use our bad experiences as fuel to keep moving for him. He causes us to live justly, joyfully, holy, and righteous before him and before others. He causes these things. Do we accept it? Do we walk in it? Are we joyful? This time of year, I'm always joyful. It's the birth of our Savior, or what we celebrate as the birth of our Savior. So that brings joy. And that brings comfort and peace in times of trouble. Holidays are hard for people. People that have lost loved ones this year, this is the first holiday without their loved one, possibly. So it's difficult. So it's important for us to share the peace and the joy that God gives us and allow them to understand that he can and is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our eternal father, and our prince of peace. It is important this time of year and every day of the year to have that kind of joy. But holidays tend to have more depression, more anxieties, suicides are up during the holiday season. Why? Because of all the hurts that has been in people's lives are brought back on the holidays because that person or that loved one or whatever, that loss is not there anymore. And it is our job as believers and it's our job as Christians to extend that love, to extend that peace, to extend that joy that Jesus Christ would be made real to them. Amen? Does that make sense? So this holiday season, this week, I want us to do a few things, a couple things. I want us to, one, search out our own heart. Are we joyful? Do we have peace? And if we don't, I want us to go before God and if he says you need to repent of this or of that or other thing, do that and gain that joy and that peace. And then once you've done that, I want you to do this. I want you to be a vessel for God. Share the joy of Christ with someone else this week. Share the joy of Jesus with someone that you either work with, you visit someone, Share that joy. Amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and do our Advent, and then we'll pray at the end. All right. This is the second week of Advent. I'm going to try to stand and not set my shirt on fire. Come on. There we go. Today's reading, if you have the readings, they are 
in the vestibule. If you don't have one, that there's much, there's some there. Today, we, because we were in Isaiah, we're going to continue in Isaiah chapter 11. And this is a prophecy of Jesus from the book of Isaiah. And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He shall delight in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see, nor reprove by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and reprove the fairness and, 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 and reprove with fairness for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and, the, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, the nursing child shall play, with, play by the hole of the asp, and the weaning child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in, in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And, the day, and, and, the day, and that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner for the peoples. For him shall the, shall the nations seek and his rest shall be glorious prophecy of Jesus. You see how it happens here? We follow Jesus. This is where we're going to be. We're going to be where the wolf will lay down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. What usually happens in today's world when a leopard or a lion sees a young goat or a lamb? They eat them. But not where Jesus is concerned. The peace is going to be so well and this presence is going to be so good that they're going to be able to lay down with these things and not destroy them. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. So lions are no longer carnivores. They're herbivores in God's kingdom. Notice how everything is going to be back to where it was. Lions and leopards and goats and all these things in the Garden of Eden coexisted together without harming one another. When all of this comes back around, it's going to be the same way. The child shall put his hand in the viper's den. There shall be no more hurt or destroy in my holy mountain. So understand that God through Jesus Christ gives us this ability to, to look forward to something greater than ourselves, to look forward to an eternity with Jesus Christ. We just have to follow. 
We have to live righteously. We have to live joyfully. We have to live holy. We have to live justly before God and man. And we have to do that every day. And we will see him on our last day. For, the, for, for, for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your peace and your joy. Lord, I ask that you administer to us today. Help us, Lord, to seek your face. Help us, Lord, to desire more of you than we have right now. Help us, Lord, to repent where there needs to be repentance. Help us, Lord, to walk joyfully, to walk justly, to walk faithfully in you. Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanksgiving. Help us also, Lord, to share forth that joy and that love with other people, that others would come to know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, we give you praise for that. Through this week, Lord, we ask that you would be our wonderful counselor. We ask that you'd be our mighty God. We ask that you'd be our Prince of Peace and our everlasting Father. I pray this in Jesus' name and I ask that you be with us the rest of this day. Touch our lives, touch our time together, anoint it, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.